whether you have one, four, ten little kids <laughs> running around the house, you are experiencing things like sleepless nights, you have long, full days, children that just need you physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, and then there's dinner. And that is just an exhausting thought to think about that needs to be on the table at the end of the day. But what if there was a simple plan that helped you get a nourishing meal on the table, but also offered the flexibility that you desire? Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Hey, Homeschool Mom, are you wishing that there was somebody that could walk alongside you, listen to all of your concerns about homeschool, and help steer and guide you in the direction of a homeschool that's going to help you thrive? Now listen, I wish that I had that, and that is exactly why I have created Hello Homeschool Academy. In this course, in this program, you and I get to do one-on-one coaching, there's group coaching, there's an entire course, and we flesh it all out. I want to read you a testimony from Stephanie in New York and tell you what she had to say about working with me. And Stephanie says, before starting this new adventure of homeschooling, I needed to gather wisdom from a resource with great experience. I found that in Lee. She had years of homeschooling under her belt from younger children all the way through to a high school graduate. Having the opportunity to consult with her made me have confidence and understanding that this was possible and we too could be successful. She guided me to all of my options and encouraged me along the way, thankful to know of a wonderful and helpful person as she is. Stephanie is such a joy and a blessing, and she's got a bunch of little kids, and it's amazing to watch her grow and come to embrace this homeschooling lifestyle. To get more information about Hello Homeschool Academy, you can check out the link in the show notes, or you can simply send me an email and ask for more information. The email address you can send to is lee, spelled L-E-I-G-H, at littlebylittlehomeschool.com. I look forward to hearing from you and working with you there, homeschool mom. But let's dive into today, and we are talking about a simple meal prep strategy for the homeschool mom with younger children. I'm going to put an emphasis upon younger children here because as our children grow and we have more things out of the house, and there's just different dynamics. So specifically today, I want to talk to those of you with younger children, but that doesn't mean that if you have older children that this this strategy that these steps won't work, it definitely can. So I encourage you to listen all the way through because maybe it will apply to you. I just have found in my experience that the meal prep strategy has changed as my children have gotten older and as we're kind of going through this and in future episodes, I will share why that seems to be. We all know that it's important to feed our family and most homeschool families live on a budget and therefore we don't eat out often. So that means there are seven dinners to plan and to cook every single week, along with the breakfasts and lunches. And we can go into that into another episode too, but I specifically want to talk about dinners uh, in this, but all of this can translate to breakfast as well, depending upon how much you want to uh, pour into breakfast and to lunch. 
And I'll share this episode some and some in the future too, just kind of how that all looks. I just want to condense things here today just so that it isn't a super long episode and I give you some tactical steps and some ways to implement this. But again, you know, we want to get a good nourishing meal on the table uh, for our families, again, seven nights a week. And when we have younger children, we don't necessarily want to go out to eat. I mean, that is, am I right, mama? That's a lot of stress and drama just to get kids out the door, get to a restaurant and not tear the place down. I'm not saying you have (laughs) kids that are going to do that, but it's just a lot of stress and anxiety. And I always found that it was just much easier to eat at home. We can make a mess there. I don't have to worry about disturbing anybody else's dinner because it's our family, as opposed to eating dinner around other families, especially when you have a bunch of little kids. But when I mention meal prep, I also don't mean, because a lot of us don't want to do this, spend an entire Saturday prepping for dinners for the entire week. I, I don't have the time in right now in this season, and I definitely didn't have the time when my children were younger. So where is there some somewhere in between is what we're looking for. Don't want to necessarily go out to dinner all the time, but don't want to be spending an entire day or an entire weekend prepping food for the week. How can we have some type of flexibility, but also go into things with a strategy? When James and I got married 21 years ago, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I'll admit it anyway, because maybe you were in the same boat and it'll make you feel better. So I am all for admitting faults or admitting um, shortcomings if it makes somebody else feel uh Better about admitting their own shortcomings and embracing them, but not living in those. So let's just say that when we first got married, I literally did not even know how to boil an egg. Yes, you <laughs> you heard that right. I didn't even know how to boil an egg. Okay, so maybe I kind of got that a little bit figured out. Not even really. When it came to dinners, <laughs> we started off with hamburger helper and tuna helper whatever was it kind of in a box where all a bunch of stuff could come together and all I had to do is maybe buy the can of tuna or buy the uh, pound of ground beef and I had to learn how to cook the ground beef even. So the tuna helper, I think we had more of that than the hamburger helper because it was easier. I look back now and, and we laugh about it right now because I can whip together. I'm like, what do you guys want? You want, st-? Not, not that I ask my kids what they want, but let's do steak and uh, potatoes and this. I mean, it doesn't, it's not really something I think about. So understand that if maybe you are struggling in this area, and if you are, just know that it comes with experience. Anything comes with experience. Just like with homeschooling, we learn how to homeschool by doing it. You learn how to cook by actually doing it. So again, didn't know how to boil an egg, started with hamburger helper and tuna helper. Then one day in the grocery store, I found a magazine. Now I did have some cookbooks, but they felt so overwhelming. I had a ma- found a magazine at the grocery store for maybe $5 and it had all kinds of recipes in it. <laughs> now here's also the funny thing. These recipes were pretty much all casseroles. And for a couple of years, all I made was casseroles. It was a good stepping stone for me because it taught me how to make different parts of a meal. And then in the end, I could just put them together and throw it in the oven and it would cook. <laughs> Let's fast forward and my family really aren't fans anymore of casseroles because I fed them so many casseroles. My youngest doesn't remember. I don't even know if he was born at that time, but they ate so many casseroles that they're kind of like, we would prefer not casseroles anymore. And they're very glad that I moved on. However, the really good thing about this time period was that after getting this recipe magazine and feeling like I could cook these types of recipes, they didn't seem overwhelming like the Betty Crocker cookbook that I got you know, as a wedding or um, I guess a bridal shower gift or something like that. These recipes were simple enough and they taught me how to plan out meals. It taught me how to plan ahead. 
It also helped to teach me how to manage my time. If I wanted dinner on the table at 5.30, during this period, I was able to then figure out how long everything would take. And it really kind of refined those skills of, okay, I would need to start at 4 o'clock for this meal, 4.30 for this meal. And that really helped, helped me figure out. But it also helped me to become flexible. This magazine of full of casseroles and during this time period of learning how to cook for myself taught me also how to be flexible when it came to meal prep. And that's what I want to talk about a bit today too, which is four steps that I created and I followed for all those years when I had littles at home. And I'm going to share those four steps with you so that you can get started on these today. Go ahead, grab a piece of paper and give me a scrap piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. And I'm going to want you to write down the numbers one through four, leave a little space in between Not that you have to take a lot of notes, but I want you to write down these four steps and that I want you to figure out how you're going to implement these. And I'll give you an action step here at the end. Okay, step number one is that I want you to choose either seven, 10, or 14 meals that align with your family and whatever your nutritional goals are. I want you to come up with ones that you know that your family is going to like. Maybe you want to add in some that's going to stretch the palates of your children. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what the meals are, but I also want you to think about it in terms of a variety of, of meals. I want some of them to be simple meals, some of them to be crockpot meals, and then some of them can maybe be ones that stretch you a little bit, maybe expose you and your family to different tastes or different type of cooking, something that maybe would be a little more intensive, take a little bit more time. These meals can be anything, no matter what it is your nutritional goals are, however your family likes to eat. Now, why do I say 7, 10, or 14? It depends on you. Do you like to have a larger or a smaller variety of meals? Now, notice I didn't say 21 meals or 30 meals. Maybe you are an an extravagant cook. Maybe you really are a good cook. Then go ahead and you can do more meals. But if you are just like, I'm just trying to get some meals on the table to fill everybody up so we can get baths and everybody can get to bed on time. I completely can relate to that. And that's why I said 7, 10, or 14 meals. Maybe you have seven meals that you know you can cook well. Then great, you're going to do seven meals. In the future, you can kind of expand upon them, but maybe you don't like to eat the same things every single week. I am of the persuasion that I like more 14 to 21 different meals, and I also switch them up seasonally. We can talk about that in a future episode. But I like to do 14 meals because I don't like to... I'm the one. My family would eat the same probably seven meals all the time. I think James and my boys would probably eat the same three meals over and over again. But I enjoy a variety. Therefore, I lean towards having 14 to 21 meals. But if you're just starting off in this, I suggest doing figuring out seven meals and you can add on to them. Now that we have these meals, step number two is I want you to shop for two weeks at a time if possible. I know that this isn't always possible. When my kids were younger, James worked weird shift, third shift. There was there was no way I could shop for that much and have that much time all year round. Now, when they got to be a little bit older and they were all, every Wednesday night, they went to a church kids club in the evening at our church. And instead of doing anything relaxing or fun for myself, I use that time to grocery shop so that I didn't have to do it during the week and I didn't have to do it uh, with bringing my kids with me. So what I want you to do is I want you to come up with a list depending on if you have seven meals, you're just going to write down that list of everything that you need for those seven meals and you're just going to double it. If you need, say, for all of these meals, you need a total of four cans of black beans for seven meals. I want you to double that and I want you to write down eight cans. And you're going to go ahead and you're going to get 
all that you need for two weeks. And again, if this is not possible to do two weeks for say budget wise or time wise, or you're like, I'm going to have my kids with me. I can't overfill my cart that much because I have little kids in my cart or I'm going to need so much. So I'm going to need a second cart or something. And I can't do that with my kids. And that's absolutely fine. I just suggest the two weeks if possible so that you don't have to do another large one. I'm more of the persuasion, the personality to say I would rather go and get the grocery shopping done, a huge bulk one, and then just sporadically go in to pick up some things. So that doesn't mean that you probably are going to get away with not going to the grocery store at all for two weeks if possible. Then, you know, if you can not have to go every in between, go for it. That's awesome. I kind of find for myself, we run out of perishable things, uh, fruits and vegetables, and it's just a quick then kind of pop into the store and it doesn't take that long. Just a super short list just to get those things maybe in between those two weeks and you just run in and you maybe have a half a dozen things to get, or maybe it is a dozen things and that's okay. Maybe you forgot some things from the original trip. But once you do your big two-week shopping, you know, store all your non-perishables in the pantry. And when you go ahead and purchase all the meats and stuff, I'm, I'm going to assume you eat meat like we do. If you don't, I, I just ignore this part. But I'm going to assume that you do as we do. Put those meats in the freezer because some of those you aren't going to use for a week and a half and you want them to store and to stay good. And since you are purchasing food for most likely two adults and uh, depending on whether it's one or 10 <laughs> or somewhere in between, amount of little children and you want to save some money, you can buy, say, chicken breasts in a family pack, which would be a large amount. And when you have, a, you know, smaller eaters, you're not going to need all five of those chicken breasts. Now, for me, a family pack is what I cook for a meal. But when you have little kids, it's not. Go ahead and separate those out. I remember buying a lot of, you know, freezer Ziploc bags and taking out the exact amount of chicken breasts that we would need for a meal putting them in a Ziploc bag, putting them in the freezer, and then I could easily just pull out what we needed instead of freezing an entire, say, family pack and then pulling that out but not needing all of that. I mean, you still can. You can split it out between a couple of meals. But I was always trying to be very conscious of not having that meat go go bad. And the freezer is a great way to keep it from going bad during that time. Now that you have your list of meals, 7, 10, or 14 meals, you've done all your grocery shopping, The third step is that I want you to have that list of meals out. You can hang it up on the refrigerator. You can hang it, tape it inside a kitchen cabinet, wherever it is that you are going to see. And what I want you to do is now this is where the flexibility comes into play in with this third and mostly with the fourth step. But what I want you to do is I want you to every few days, I want you to take some of the meat, a variety of meat out of the freezer and put it into the refrigerator for it to thaw. So maybe grab some ground beef, grab some uh, roast, grab some chicken, different types of chicken, whatever it is that you have for your meals, just every couple of days, go to the freezer and pull out a variety of different meats and put them into the refrigerator for them to thaw out. The fourth step here is where that flexibility that I was talking about comes into play. And maybe your personality is one that enjoys this, but also understand that this flexibility, use it to your advantage. I know that some days everybody's in a great mood. Things are going really well, smoothly, nap time, we're cooperative, our school lessons got done, all of those things. And it's a really good day. And other days can be the complete opposite or most days are somewhere in between that. You know, there's some days our emotions running high, emotions running low. And, you know, there's just a lot of things that go on. Some days that we are busier than other days. And I want you to have the freedom to be flexible. So every day, I'm going to say by noon, just so that you can kind of get into the mindset. You don't, I mean, you can pick a time that's earlier. You could do it the night before. 
You can do it later in the day, but I'm going to say noon because I feel like that's a pretty safe time. But each day by noon, I want you to decide what you're going to make for dinner that day. Now, I know some people have elaborate plans of what they're going to do every single day. But in these years, when we have younger children, flexibility as moms is something that we are learning and we can apply this when it comes to dinner meal prep as well. The night before, maybe you had a couple of kids or one child that was up a few times. You have a sick kiddo or just things just aren't going quite right. And or maybe you are just feeling a little bit down this day. It's a dark, dreary, rainy day. Plans got canceled and changed. I want you to lean into that. Don't fight it. Understand that days are going to be different. There's going to be days that everybody is being so cooperative and it's a really fantastic day. Choose your meals based on that. This is why I said to have a variety of meals. Meals that can be put in the crock pot. Meals that are very simple to do. And meals that'll take you a little bit more time. Some days we're going to feel like, you know, this has been a really good day. I want to get a really good dinner on the table because things are just really, everybody's cooperative. The kids are playing well. Go ahead and make that steak dinner. (laughs) If it's a crock pot meal and it's something that's going to maybe take eight hours, and of course, obviously, you're going to need to decide first thing in the morning. You might be able to look at the calendar and say, you know what, this is a day or everybody just went haywired last night. We are definitely going to do a crock pot meal because I know by the end of the day, Things are going to be even way more off. Or maybe you just realize in the morning everybody's playing well. Let me get a crockpot meal in so that we can go. It's a nice day. We can go to the park and I don't have to be home to start making dinner at four o'clock in the afternoon. And this is that beautiful kind of in between. There's there's the ability to plan because you're going to have your meals, your 7, 10 or 14 meals. You're going to have everything that you need to make for those. So you're prepared to make any meal at any day. You're going to have a variety of meats put into the refrigerator from the freezer and you're going to have access to anything that you would want to make. And then you get to decide on each day, just like we have freedom in homeschooling, we can have freedom in our meals as well. And you can decide, you know what, we're going to go simple today. Or you know what, we're going to go and I'm going to make something a little bit more extravagant. I have a little bit more time, a little bit more energy today. And it's a beautiful tension between planning and flexibility, which is something that is homeschool moms kind of like our superpower, I think. These four steps was my lifeline, was my sanity during the years of having little children and wanting to provide nutritious meals and needing to have a hot dinner or a cool dinner if you like, if it's the summertime, you want to do salads or something. But it really was the perfect solution between having a plan, but also understanding that days are just going to be different. Did you know that I send out a weekly email little by little homeschool and to keep yourself from missing anything there is a link in the show notes sign up for the newsletter we don't always get notifications for things maybe you don't have notifications on your phone and you know what i'm actually a big proponent of turning notifications off i'm also a big proponent of not feeling like you have to uh, find out everything from social media Straight to your inbox, once a week, you'll get an email from me just letting you know what's going on. I have some things in the works, some fun things for the future, and I don't want you to miss out on that. So go ahead and check out the link in the show notes. And now that you have these four steps, you've got a meal plan strategy that is completely flexible, that puts the, I don't want to say the power, but it it puts it puts things into your hands. You have the control, maybe control be better, where you have the control over it, and you're able to be flexible to meet the needs of your family and yourself every single day. So let's go over that list one more time is the first thing you're going to do is you're going to choose 7, 10, or 14 meals that align with your family and your nutritional goals. The second thing is you're going to shop 
Two weeks at a time, if possible, maybe one time in between to grab a couple of things and get everything that you need to be able to cook those 7, 10, and 14 meals in those two weeks. The third thing is you're going to have that list of meals out. And every few days, you're going to take out of the freezer. You're going to have available everything that you would need to make a couple of those meals. And the fourth step is that every day by noon, you're going to decide what you're going to make. You're going to base it upon how is the day going? How is my time going? What am I even kind of in the mood for? It's okay to decide on the meals because, you know, this is what I'm in the mood to make. Now, granted, when you get to the end of the two weeks, you're going to be, there's going to be less meals to choose from. But still, just having a little bit of flexibility. A lot of times for us homeschool moms, we feel like a lot of things aren't within our control. We don't, you know, things can go awry very quickly, but this is one thing that we can do. So today, I want you to begin this four-step process, and I want you to sit down today and decide on your 7, 10, or 14 meals. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you, so if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.